This is a 980 CKNW podcast. It's time to check in with Rick Forchuk. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, and I'm hearing uh, tons of good things about Deadpool 2. Yeah, the language is terrible. (laughs) However, uh, that's not why you go and see a Deadpool movie, or maybe you do. Uh, Jill, if you want to know what it'll look like when the Georgia Viaduct comes down, this is the movie to see. A major action scene takes place there, as it did in 2016's first Deadpool movie, but this time much of the structure is destroyed. Now, Vancouver's Ryan Reynolds stars once again. Uh, This time as well, he contributed to the story in additional fashion by being co-producer and co-writer, as well as playing the lead character. The script is just full of pop culture references, many of which are very funny. And there's a final scene right at the end of the credits that I won't spoil for you, but it's something that was clearly written by Reynolds, where he pokes a finger right in the eye of his own career. Now, the story this time has Deadpool, uh, the R-rated superhero, trying to put together a sort of junior X-Men force. Although he tries to be politically correct, uh, trying to determine what it should really be called in a gender-neutral sort of way. X-Force seems to work. Uh, The language, as I said, is atrocious, hence the 18A rating here. But the dialogue is fast and it's funny, and you have to be aware every second to see such things as, well, cameos by Brad Pitt. He's the vanisher here. Uh, Matt Damon as a trailer park boy type redneck. We also see uncredited actual X-Men in the person of uh, Wolverine. That's Hugh Jackman. Uh, The Beast, played by Nicholas Holt. Ty Sheridan's Cyclops. And James McAvoy's Charles Xavier. Now, Joe, the heart of this story has Deadpool suffering an inconsolable loss. And <clears throat> in the first, <clears throat> excuse me, first few minutes before the credits, he commits suicide by blowing himself up. Of course, that doesn't stick, otherwise there would be no movie. And soon he's trying to manage his life when Cable, played by Josh Brolin, shows up from the future with a need to change the past and save his daughter. Now, Jill, if uh, you were talking with somebody from the future, what is it you'd want to know? Well, for Deadpool, it is, what Sharknado are they on now? Mm. Now, Cable's an enemy at first, but soon an uneasy alliance is formed between the two superheroes, and the story progresses along relatively familiar lines, punctuated with Deadpool's continual breaking of the fourth wall by looking right at the camera and in so doing at the audience and commenting on socially relevant topics before returning to the action. Now, Reynolds is just superb here as an actor and as a writer, with some great bits of dialogue clearly written from his viewpoint. Lots of action, lots of stuff blows up, but at its heart, it is a story with heart. It's well worth seeing on the biggest screen you can find, IMAX, if you can manage it. Again, language is an issue for those sensitive to such things, but the story and the characters carry the day, and this sequel will make a lot of money. Josh Brolin is signed for three more appearances as Cable, so Deadpool with, uh, is likely to carry along as uh, long as the box office warrants. Good movie, 18A rating, Deadpool 2, Jill. All right, that sounds good indeed. Uh, what about Book Club? Well, this is a girls' night out movie that'll leave many of the men in their lives left on the fringe, just as the men in this movie find themselves lesser beings. A strong cast of friends here who belong to a book club consists of Jane Fonda, who's Vivian, Diane Keaton, playing a character named Diane, what a surprise, uh, Candace Bergen, who is Sharon, and Mary Steenburgen is Carol. It's decided that the book for review, for discussion, and for total immersion on this occasion in their book, monthly book club will be the notorious Fifty Shades of Grey. Three of the four leading women here are Oscar winners, and that shows as the story plays out with a clear and present sense of change as the ladies discuss the material in the R-rated book and realize in turn just how it applies to them in their lives. 
Vivian, that's Fonda's character, has been footloose and fancy-free, dating and sleeping with a variety of men over a period of years, while the other three struggle from a ho-hum marriage, widowhood, and an endless divorce. Each reads the book, each sees herself represented, and each wants to make changes in their lives before it's too late. This is a romantic comedy that's entirely concerned with sex, so those whose sensibilities might be bruised by such talk may want to either avoid it altogether or be very careful with whom you see it. Uh, The sense of sisterhood that's exhibited by the cast here is palpable. Each character is real, and the audience quickly forgets that they are movie stars. They're just ladies of a certain age who are trying to make the best of the years they have left. Among the men in their lives is an Oscar winner, too. That's Richard Dreyfuss, uh, Andy Garcia, and Craig T. Nelson, also star Jill. That is Book Club. All right. And we have one other movie to talk about, Show Dogs. Show Dogs, yes, a G-rated talking dog comedy. Uh, this one has just been pilloried by reviewers who see little value in the story and even less in the alleged humor as an NYPD dog operative named Max, he's a Rottweiler voiced by Ludacris, crosses paths with a human FBI agent named Frank, played by Will Arnett. Now, the plot is pretty thin. It's nothing we haven't seen before. It seems there's a plot afoot to steal a baby panda, and Max, who prefers to work alone, gets teamed up with Frank, most reluctantly, and the trail leads them to Las Vegas and a major dog show. Now, the only way the the takedown will work is for Frank to pretend that uh, he's a dog owner and a trainer, and Max is his show entry. There are a number of talking dogs in the show, and uh, they don't just uh, talk to one another. They, they talk around. And much of the criticism of the movie is that the plot is shallow, Turner and Hooch did it better, and the dialogue is terrible, such as Max saying that there's, uh, he's there to take a bite out of crime. Well, it might be funny for a seven-year-old, not funny for a film critic, and that's just the problem. This is a movie that will make kids laugh, and even if their parents and grandparents or whichever caregivers take the kiddies to the show don't see it as high art, what they will see is the fascination through the eyes of the children that only a talking dog can bring. No Oscars for this one, but I can't be too hard on it because it does a job for its target audience, and that's just fine with me, and it is G-rated, Jill. All right. Uh, We only have a couple minutes left, so we'll buzz through uh, the streaming services. What's new over there? Uh, The one we'll focus on here is on Netflix. It's Anon. It's a made-for-Netflix thriller starring Clive Owen and Amanda Seyfried. Uh, He's a detective working on a brutal serial killer case in a future time when there's almost no crime and no anonymity, while she is a computer hacker with a set of skills that may help find the killer who has been able to erase himself somehow from all visual records. Uh, Written and directed by Andrew Nichol, who did Gattaca and The Truman Show, Uh, it's another example of the ambitious films that Netflix has embarked upon, which can only be seen on your TV or mobile device, and a real threat to the traditional movie theater, Jill. Uh, On Crave TV, seasons 4, 5, and 6 of Game of Thrones have shown up, so if you haven't gotten with the program on Game of Thrones, arguably the best uh, and most... uh, well, the most complex show on television. Uh, this is your opportunity. That's Crave TV. And we'll take a look at some season finales in uh, what you refer to as good old-fashioned uh, television. Uh, both NCIS Los Angeles and Madam Secretary have their final episodes of the season tonight. For NCIS, it's season nine. For Madam Secretary, it's season number four. Both are on Global, and both will be back next fall. On Fox, it's the season finale of The Simpsons, which is season 29, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is season number 5, Family Guy, season number 16, and Bob's Burgers, number 8, and all of those will return next season. 
And American Idol tonight, Jill, the final three perform, stretching the season ender out as much as possible. Tomorrow night we get to find out who gets to be the next American Idol, and that one's on ABC, Jill. All right, a lot of people tuning in for that one. On that note, Rick, we will check with you uh, next weekend. You bet. Thanks, Jill. That is Rick Forchuk. He joins us every Sunday morning, letting us know what's happening in theaters as well as what's happening on the streaming devices and the small screen. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.